0: Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training. Lifting the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training Into your life because it's not just a phase It is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com Backslash blog and you can also give me a follow on instagram at Face the Climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, 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 Face the Climb podcast listeners. If this is your first episode, welcome. I hope you enjoy it and you end up wanting to keep listening. And for the returners, ah. Uh, I love Your support means so much. So much. It means the absolute world to me. And if you have been listening all along, I really hope that you have been enjoying the podcast and you keep getting little climbing gems out of these podcast episodes because, you know, these aren't super long episodes, but there's definitely some gems that you can take out and start implementing or start making you think differently and just kind of open your eyes. And that's, you know, what I really hope to do with this podcast in terms, you know, in relation to your climbing. And this episode, you know, I mentioned a while back, and I think it was, like, in the episode Why You Climb. So this was back at the very, very beginning. Oh, man, I don't even know what those podcast episodes sounded like because it's been over a year. I don't—I actually do not listen to these podcast episodes. I don't know if that's weird or not, but, yeah, I— I record them and then I'm done. (laughs) Then I put them out into the world. So yeah, I don't actually listen to these podcast episodes. I don't know what... I really hope that I am improving (laughs) in these episodes. It's been over a year. I hope that the show has been improving, you know? And if you have been listening since the beginning, please let me know if it has improved or not. I would really be interested and curious to know. But I'm... And I also mentioned this if you are on my email list, and if you're not, you should definitely go subscribe. I do a beta breakdown video every single month. However, in that email, I broke it down more and kind of talked about why I had this reaction, why I felt this way, and it has to do with the story of how I thought I sent my first V5, but really it was a V3, and then I literally cried my way back to the car alone with my fucking blanket because it was winter bouldering and I was cold and I bring a blanket during winter bouldering and just just cried like (laughs) So I'm gonna dive into that story more and there is actually an amazing lesson in it and it definitely took some reflection to understand why I had that reaction beyond just being like heartbroken that I didn't actually send my first V5. Before we hop into the episode, though, I do want to let you all know that the four self-paced courses, Intro to Footwork, Intro to Technique, Intro to Dynamic Movement, Tension for Climbing, are finally released. I released them last Friday on September 9th, and they are on sale through next Friday Friday, September 23rd, and they're each only for $49. They will not be this heavily discounted again in the future, but you can get those right now by going down into the show notes and you can look more about them. These are great for the climbers that are just starting off. Climbers that are getting back into climbing, climbers that, you know, have never really dove into climbing movement because these courses heavily focus on climbing movement and climbing skills to help you improve on the wall versus, you know, training for climbing. You know, think about climbing drills to improve capacity, strength training, all of that. These are really, this is all heavily Based and really focused on the climbing movement and climbing skills aspect. They each have video lessons, climbing drill PDF that you can download. The Tension for Climbing has a core PDF that you can also download with like 45 different core exercises for varying levels and different equipment. But yeah, I am super psyched on these. You know, this is something that people... We're really asking for, and I am so excited. We already have some people that have bought them. Uh, I really, I'm just so happy that I got these out into the world. But again, they're only on sale through next Friday, and they won't be as heavily discounted again. They're usually $66 or two monthly payments of $33. But I really hope this reaches and reaches more climbers and is helpful and makes a greater impact than just the one-on-one coaching that I do. So, so excited for those. Again, you can find those in the show notes. Wanted to give you all that update in case you did not see on the Instagram. I know some of you aren't really always up to date on the Instagram. I understand. I also am not very active on Instagram except for posting stories and social media on my own feed, but, you know, I don't really do much other than that on Instagram. I try to step away from the app, so I wanted to let you all know that. And of course, in good old Face the Climb podcast fashion, we have to talk about favorite crag snack and coffee. So this comes from, I just did an anchor course with an amazing group of people this past Saturday, and this is one of their favorite coffees and crag snacks. So their favorite crag snack is Perfect Bars. I absolutely love perfect bars as well. I don't know if you know these, but they kind of taste like almost the texture of cookie dough. They are refrigerated, but they do last, I believe, seven days not refrigerated. And you usually find them at Starbucks. And the reason I know this is because we always meet before guiding at the same Starbucks. Uh, and I will say, like, guiding is definitely weird in that aspect. You're like, maybe don't know these people, and you're, you're uh, hey, yeah, we'll meet in the Starbucks parking lot, see you there. <laughs> like, it's so random. It's so weird. But Starbucks does sell these. That's why I know, you know, that they do sell them, because the parking lot that we usually meet at has a Starbucks. But these Perfect Bars are so delicious, and they do have good amount of protein, macros, all of that stuff for climbing. And they taste like cookie dough. And I think that's why I like them the most, because they taste like cookie dough. I fucking love cookie dough. I hate cookies. I don't hate cookies. But I'm not the biggest fan of cookies, but I fucking love cookie dough. Kind of the same thing with brownies. I'm not a big fan of brownies, but I love brownie batter. I love brownies if they're, like, gooey and not fully baked. I just love the batter and the doughs, you know? Ugh. Sometimes I'll take—I <laughs> used to take Funfetti cake mix and just just mix it with water and eat it. I don't know what it is, but I don't like cake. I don't know. I don't know what it is about, like, the dough form of all of these baked goods. But Perfect Bars are absolutely delicious. And then his favorite coffee is just iced coffee, splash of almond milk, light ice. Feel that. Light ice. Especially Starbucks. They can go a little heavy on the ice, and then you don't get much coffee. That's how they're saving the fucking money. Rude. Rude. Definitely ask for light ice when you're ordering at Starbucks, but I feel this. I feel this. Great anchor course, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast. It was a great day outside. So perfect bars, iced coffee, light ice with a splash of almond milk. And now we will go into the story of why I absolutely cried and was absolutely ridiculous when I found out I did not send a V5. (laughs) So if you did not... Listen to that podcast episode a while, while back. I feel like it was episode three or two, or who fucking knows. And if you didn't... If you aren't on my email list and you didn't see this, or if you are on my email list, you know, you get to hear now more auditory. And I try to keep the emails kind of shorter, so this will go a little bit more in detail. But the story was, I... This was back in 2017, okay? So, winter of 2017, I... Put it in my head that I wanted to send V5 before the end of 2017. Mind you, let's let's like rewind a little bit. I didn't like get hardcore into climbing until the fall of 2016. So I had like essentially been climbing for a fucking year when I decided this. That is ambitious, okay? That is ambitious to be like, I'm gonna send my first V5. In a year of climbing. And I'm talking about outdoor climbing. And, you know, that's... It takes people years to send their first V5. You know, it does... Sometimes we forget that. And a lot of that also had to do with the fact I was very fortunate of the climbing friends that I made and the climbing friends that I fell into. They were climbing a lot harder than me. You know, I had friends that were sport projecting 512s sending 512s and then for bouldering my normal bouldering group was probably in the like V6 to V9 range. And I was just starting climbing, okay? <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I'm very thankful that they let me into their group. I also I was so psyched on climbing, I would throw myself at anything. So here I was, first year climbing. I was Hopping on the V7s, okay? I was essentially always limit bouldering. I would hop on 512 sport climbing my first year, which probably led to all the fucking tears and crying, but you know, I did it. There's actually my biggest fall was my first year of climbing. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna hop on Cuttlefish, the 511 at Farley, famous 511. You've probably all seen the pictures. Great, great route for pictures. But that clip at the top, my friend, taller, was like, if you can't clip the clip, I like climbing above the bolt and then clipping the clip. I fucking fell from there. Now, if you know this route, that is a large fall already when you fall at the bolt. Now, imagine falling at the bolt above the bolt. And this is your first year climbing. And you probably, probably, you know... I don't want to say shouldn't be on 511s but you don't have the complete understanding of what you are doing. <laughs> so that was still my biggest fault to date. That was very a very there is lots of tears for that one. There is lots of tears, lots of tears. <laughs> However, going back, you know, I think that had a lot to do with this and this goes to the story of the reflection of this. So there's this climate Bradley. Now, Bradley, if you know Bradley, it's all word of mouth. It is technically like illegal, but climbing still happens. No one says anything. You know, it's kind of like the mountain biking there. Mountain bikers, it's illegal, but there's tons of mountain bikers, mountain biking ramps. It's, um... However, there's this climb, and it's called Been There, Done That. It is actually a V3. I've also been told it's a V4. And I've also obviously been told it was a V5. Now, The V5 does exist there, but it's the been there, done that sit. So it's a V5 if you start from the sit position. You pretty much are starting on the footholds that you use for the stand. And I was like, this is the climb that I can do. So remind you, you know, it is technically a V3, V4. um, But my friends told me it's a V5 because that's what they were told. And I was like, this V5 I can send. So my, you know, it was between that one and Vice Lane at Frankenrock. Which, Vice Lane at Frankenrock ended up being my first V5 in 2018. Woo-woo! Uh, such a good climb at the backyard boulder. But I, you know, I had been training. I started hangboarding for this. I was so, so determined to send V5 before the end of the year before it became 2018. And this was, remember, still my first year of climbing. That was ambitious. And also note, I didn't really... I hadn't really sent V4s outside yet either. There's also kind of a lack of V4s in Connecticut compared to other grades, at least back then, before I knew of more bouldering, so I didn't really know of many V4s at that time. Well... End of 2017, we're there, it's fucking cold, (laughs) so fucking cold, I finally fucking sent it. I was so, so stoked. I was like, I sent V5, I sent V5, I did it, I sent V5, you know, I posted it on the gram, I was like, finally sent V5. I also didn't post a picture of the climb, I just posted a picture of my face. I was on top of the world. I thought I did it, right? I thought I find I reached my goal of sending V5 before the end of the year. And I was putting so much fucking pressure on myself. So much pressure. I also no longer make timelines for goals. <laughs> this also has part of it, but that's a different story. And uh and it was a send train cuz it a couple of my friends sent it right before me, and I hopped on the send train. Guess some things don't change, because usually when I send a climb, it's because I'm hopping on the send train. <laughs> oh, I was so stoked. So stoked. So stoked. And then we walked over to Homefront and Rhett, and they're trying Homefront. I'm, like, in my fucking glory, and I get a message from the friend that told me that it was a V5. Hey, Jen. It's actually a V3. I, my heart was broken. I kid you not. The tears almost were immediate. The tear, oh my, I'll never forget this. The tears were almost immediate. And I was like, you were the one that fucking told me it was a V5. Granted, I'm still very good friends with this person. And he's actually back in town. And hopefully we're able to get climbing outside before he goes back. And I leave for Spain. So, you know, it's okay. Everything's okay. But my heart was burnt. I was like, you were the one that told me it was a fucking V5. And he's like, I know. I'm sorry. I got, like, we got it wrong. We were told the wrong thing. Apparently the V5 is from the set. It felt like someone dropped a brick on me. I don't know how to describe it. It just felt like my heart was ripped out. I couldn't hold back the tears. And I was like, I, I can't be around people right now. Like, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. I can't bring the other people down. So I literally grabbed my blanket. Because like I mentioned, it was winter bouldering and I do bring a blanket outside because I get very cold <laughs> when I'm going winter bouldering. And if you know Bradley at all, you know the walk from home front back to the car without taking, like, the short cross, like, short cut across the field. Like, you walk back, like, past the cave and back to the car. It's a pretty long walk. I would say, like, 20-25 minutes. I fucking cried the whole way carrying my fucking blanket to the car. Just picture that. Picture some girl in the woods... Just crying, holding a blanket. It's winter. It's snowy. I definitely passed hikers. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, looking back on it, oh my God. I can't believe that happened, but it happened. And it took some reflection and some years later to understand exactly why I had that reaction. You know, I thought I had that reaction because I didn't reach my goal, right? And I was heartbroken. I wasn't going to be able to get back outside before the end of the year. I felt like a failure. I failed myself. I failed my goal. I did not reach the goal of sending V5 by the end of the year. Well, years later and looking back on it, it was a lot more deeper than that. And, you know, it's not like, oh, Jen, you're trying to look into something where it's just plain and simple. And it's like, no, there was a more reason of why I felt that way. And it goes back to, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning of this story how a lot of my climbing friends were climbing much harder than me. Well, at the end of the day, there was a part of me... That felt like they would leave me behind, and they would leave me behind because I couldn't keep up, because I wasn't at their level, because I was very aware as well, working in a climbing gym and being in the client, like completely immersed in the climbing community, that that situation was kind of odd. It was kind of odd that I was in my first year of climbing. And I was new to climbing, and these climbers that climbed significantly harder, had more experience than me, were letting me go climbing with them. You know? that That isn't always the case, and it's not always the case because it, a lot of people in my position in that position would get very frustrated and feel like they're just a failure. They can't send anything or they aren't progressing, or they don't belong. And, you know, with my work ethic and being an athlete my whole life, you know, I pushed my boundaries. So it was very easy for me to just be like, yep, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm hopping on that V7. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, I'll lead climb that 512. Got it. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So that definitely had something to do with it. Different headspace, different background. But there was, I was aware that that, Dynamic is not common, okay? And there was a huge part of me that deep down was like, if I can't keep up, they're going to leave me behind. You know, that whole, I'm not worthy of being here. I'm not worthy of climbing on these boulders, you know, unless I'm able to, to get to that level and hang out with them and be worthy to be with them. Now, was that the case at all? No. These people are still my friends to this day. Are we kind of now more spread out over the country? Yes, you know, we got people in Canada even, but, you know, we're kind of all spread out. Some are still around. Some come back and visit. Like my friend I mentioned that broke my heart saying it wasn't a V5. (laughs) But, you know, that's not that wasn't the scenario. But I had it in my head. And I had it in my head because I was very, very clear and could recognize that our dynamic was not normal. It wasn't common, you know? And it's also, I would go to these boulders and there'd be other people climbing there and be like projecting it, and they'd be like, oh, how long are you climbing? I'm like, a year. (laughs) And they're like, oh, okay, they've been climbing for, like, years now. You know, so in that aspect, it was something I was subconsciously aware of, but I couldn't really understand in the moment of what was going on. And, you know, a normal person who was just about, oh, I didn't reach my goal of sending V5 by the end of the year probably wouldn't have had such a reaction (laughs) in the news that I did. If it was just they didn't reach their goal, you know? Um, It was more than that. It was me feeling like my friends would leave me behind. It was me feeling I wasn't worthy enough climbing with them. And it's extremely important... To really dive in and think about why you're having the reactions you're having to certain things. Because there will always be a surface level, right? The surface level for me during that time was, I didn't send V5. I didn't reach my goal. I failed. Deep down level, there's definitely... Under the surface level, there's probably a word for that. Under the surface level... It was way more. It was, I'm scared my friends are going to leave me behind. And... And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that, yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the Buy Me a Cup of Coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash facetheclimb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Uh, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com. Backslash face the climb and or doing the Buzz Sprout subscriptions. You can find both of those down in the show notes. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for the sport. I absolutely love podcasting. Now we'll get back to the rest of the episode. And that's extremely important to recognize and see and evaluate and then understand why. You're having those reactions because if I wasn't able to figure out that deeper, the deeper reasoning of why I had that reaction of the, my friends are going to leave me behind, I'm not worthy to be climbing with these people, those reactions will continue to resurface. You know, it wouldn't just be, I didn't reach my goal at V5. You know, maybe it's work picks up. You know, because this is real life for a lot of people. Work picks up and then your friends keep progressing and climbing. And then you start feeling like, you know, work is getting in the way. This isn't fair. Which I understand it fucking sucks. (laughs) But, you know, you could be seeing all these things as work and everything. But deep down it could be, I'm scared they're going to leave me behind. I'm scared I'm going to lose my friends. You know, that could be another contributing reason of why you're having these reactions. And it could keep popping up. You know, was that a valid fear that I was having? Yeah, looking at and around me of the, deni- the dynamics of climbers... And climbing groups and how climbing partners work and everything. It was weird. So I could understand why I was having that fear. But these people are amazing. These people are still my friends today. These people are good people. You know, they didn't care how hard I was climbing. Obviously, if they kept asking me to go climbing, you know, they did, they could care less how hard I was climbing You know, as long as I was stoked, I fucking loved climbing. I still love climbing. You know, that's why they asked me. They knew that I'd be up for anything. That I would hop on and be, like, stoked to hop on something. And that's why they kept asking me to go climbing. I had a good attitude about it. Would I always be like, motherfucker? Like, (laughs) would I get frustrated? Yes, as any climber would. That's always limit bouldering. (laughs) Uh, But no, they... They were happy to hang out with me. They're still my friends today. So was it valid in terms of the people that I was hanging out with? No. So, you know, when other situations arise, you know, mentioning work, I definitely had this the past two years. You know, unfortunately, climbing definitely took a step back. It still kind of has for me. Since COVID, work in the climbing gym during these past two years has been busy, rough, and, you know, social life, climbing life, going up to Rumney every weekend isn't really an option, you know, and it still isn't really an option. So would those fears of... You know, I'm going to lose my friends. They're going to keep progressing. Can they rise back up? Yeah, but at least I can recognize that and be like, no, Jen, they're your friends. They're still going to want to climb with you. They want to see you succeed. They want to support you. They know that you're going to be stoked for anything and hop on anything still. <laughs> I still do, which is kind of fucking crazy. You know, if, there's <laughs> if there are perma-draws, I'm fucking game. It could, I don't care the grade. I'm fucking game. No commitment. Count me in. That's actually how I found one of my favorite climbs at Rumney, which I have not been on since, like, the fall of 2020. I need to get back on it. Uh, get it Get it right. It's, like, 12 CD. No clue what it was, but my friend and I was like, there's permadraws. It looks fucking cool. Let's hop on it. <laughs> and I fucking love it. <laughs> it's an amazing climb. No commitment, though. And Because I will get those feelings of, like, I'm being left behind when I'm working on the weekends so much, and I can't go as climbing with, you know, my friends are going on these climbing trips. My friends are, you know, sending projects that were my projects, too, but they're able to get on them more, you know? So I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get left behind. They're progressing so much. But, you know, I'm like, that's awesome that you sent, and I'm feeling starting to feeling that creep in, and then I get the message... Oh, no, you're going to send too soon. We'll go back. That climb's amazing. You know, they want, they support me. And it's important that you do find climbing friends that support you, that will go and help you on your projects, even if they sent it, that are stoked, are there for you. But it was important for me to recognize that. And the more, like, (laughs) what I'm trying to get across with this story is there will always be surface-level reactions when in your climbing. But a lot of times there's a deeper reason why. And those surface level reactions will continue to surface and will continue to happen within your climbing. And it can get in the way of your progression. If you can't figure out the deeper the deeper reasoning of why you're having those reactions. If I didn't figure out that reaction, you know, I mentioned work and then my climbing friends, like, I could easily get so down on myself and be like, I'm not worthy. I need to train harder, put myself in a position of putting myself in an injury, you know, upping the volume in my training, and then just, like, doing this circle of spiral. But I know that deeper fear of, like, I'm going to lose my climbing friends that's there, so then I can recognize that and be like, no, Jen, they're not going to leave you behind. And then it prevents that spiral, that cascade of effects that can happen if I just had that surface level of like, oh, man, I got to get stronger, I got to keep up with them, and all of this. And I hope that makes sense. And I hope, you know, this kind of helps you be able to start thinking about why you're having the reactions you are in your climbing You know, is it just the surface level reaction that you're having or is there a deeper reason? You know, especially if surface reactions keep happening over and over again, there's probably a deeper reason, you know, and it it's going to get in the way of your climbing progression and also in the way of you having fun with climbing. You know, climbing should be fun. It's an escape for so many of us so many of us, it's an escape. You know, to be outside, to be on the wall, to be with friends, to be climbing, to be pushing your limits, to train for something, to reach a goal. You know, it's an escape. It should be fun. It shouldn't cause extra stress and so forth. You know, so I guess, yeah, I really I don't know how to end this. (laughs) <laughs> this is normal but yeah if you are having a surface level reaction constantly to something in your climbing there could be a deeper reason why and it might be important for you to kind of like dig a little deeper and see if there is a if you can figure out that deeper reasoning you know because climbing should be fun but yeah i just i wanted to dive deeper into that story and share with you because and realize you know i'm a climbing coach I have these feelings, too. I've been climbing now for six years. I still get these feelings. You are not alone if you feel this way. Do realize that. You are not alone. So many other climbers feel this way, too. But you are not alone. And I hoped this helped so much for you. And, yeah, I'm gonna end it like that. I never know how to fucking end these podcast episodes. I'm sorry, y'all. And of course, as a reminder, check out the self-paced courses, how to throw in another plug there, because they will help you so much if you're in your beginning years of climbing or like getting back into climbing and just want to learn more about climbing movement, how to throw in another plug, because I'm so stoked on these courses and I really help, not help, I really hope that you enjoy them and I hope that you enjoyed this episode and it's September, y'all. Hope you're sending all your projects. I know. I am not, but hopefully, hopefully I will soon. (laughs) Hopefully I will soon. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto-regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows bench press for barbells and dumbbells this is guide is jam-packed with information and an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting and of course make sure you go and follow me on instagram at face the Climb. i would love to see you there and have conversations all right have a good rest of your day y'all